Alrighty, folks. I wasn't going to do a podcast, but I'm going to cover some basics, like a refresher for some of you. Because I realize everyone goes back and listens. I got some people who thank you who will go back and listen, so I thank you for that. Those of you listening, even just once, I thank you as well, because every listen is valid. But let me tell you something that's really simple that I think a lot of us weren't raised right with this one concept. And I say that uh, with trepidation, I guess you'd say, because what we have to look at, folks, is why it was said first. So what I'm going to say is that many of you who are in my age bracket, let's say the 30 to 50 bracket, let's say, around there, even some of you who are younger, your parents probably told you to you know, get a good degree, get a good job, you know, study, you know, the money comes with the paperwork. And there is some truth to that, folks, you know, for lawyers, doctors, dentists, yes. But you got to consider how much debt are you going into to get a $30,000 job. Now, when I came out of college in the early 2000s, 30K seemed like a good deal. I could get an apartment with a friend, maybe a car that's used, have some fun at the bar, you know, get some fly kicks. Because I'm from New York and our shoe game was a big deal to us. Our shoe game was, you know, it's, it, it's important. I came to Florida and my shoe game went to crap after like the first year because I, I left most of them behind. If you lose my pocket, you know, I left thousands of dollars of stuff it was just like when a day came I just had to go it was it was hard enough to leave everything I knew and that, that day I was like you know whatever's not already in a box I think I put weights on my list and they didn't bo- count the weights so they put them in a box and charged next to $100 I was like you know what that's something I'm going to use and I have used them not as much as I could but that's what has value and if you look like when COVID hit everyone was trying to get dumbbells I could have sold my set I have hundreds of pounds of plates and dumbbells of different sizes and bars but my point is uh, you know Whatever, it's irrelevant. You knew where I was going. If you don't, too bad. Keep listening. But you were probably told to, you know, just chase the good job. Don't worry about anything else. But you got to do something you love. It, you, it, it cuts two ways. You can either have a hobby that you really love, that you don't mind going to your crappy job. Because as soon as you get home, you're going to be with your kids. Or you're going to, you know, go to your wine collection and your doomsday prepper seller like that guy. I forgot what his name was. But like Mr. Butter or something like a food. Baby. I don't know. He had a weird sound name, but. I forgot, but he, had, he created his own wine. Eggs, he loved wine, and B, he wanted to be able to trade it, and also something that he could sell now. So it was a, it was a smart deal, sort of. I like a lot of the things he did. You know, like I said, I'm a big fan of Doomsday Prepper Show, not because I'm a Doomsday Prepper, and not because they're smarter than anybody, but because it shows you smart and stupid decisions people make. And it shows you how far people go. And you got to realize, if someone's willing to go that far and be on TV with it, or even if they're based loose on a person and not the real person, think about the bad people can do. I always tell you, you got to plan ahead, right? And that pulls into this too, is that if you're doing something you love and the bad times come, it's going to be a little easier to stomach because you're not going to your crappy job that you hate. And I'm going to tell you folks, this was a hard week for me in a couple of ways, not just work, but you know, it's, it's you know, numbers weren't waiting to be for me in a couple of places. And it's just, it's, it can be super frustrating. And I realized that had I built up my life insurance business 10 years ago, I wouldn't have to worry about it as much because I'd have residual income. And that's my first mistake. My second mistake is I love to write, and I waited 10 years to put on my book. Heck, I started writing, I mean, seriously writing, as, as in keeping my collection of writing in the 90s. And I started writing to put together a book. I did the first draft of my book in 2005 and didn't bother with it. I, I gave it to someone to review, and I gave another person a copy who I esteemed for as a writer. You know, they wrote different than I did, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. But you got to do something you love, folks, because going to a job you hate, and I'll say I hate my job. But I was talking to someone who does. And, you know, 
they hate their job. I would not want to be them, but I was telling them, I said, you know, you do X, Y, Z. Why don't you write about it? You know, do a how-to course. Be like, hey, let's say, um, let's say that thing is car shows. What do you do for a car show? How do you find the shows? And what kind of car do you like? Talk about the cars you like. Do a podcast. Do another episode of the cars you hate. I mean, there's, there's a guy on Instagram I follow. He publishes nothing but ugly or obscure cars. Like, stuff you either didn't know about or that you saw and didn't even see because it was so ugly. You looked at the Porsche instead of looking at this uh, half El Camino, half Grand Cherokee. And I say that because right now there's a guy going by me. I think he owns the gun shop around the corner of my job. But he's got an American flag hanging off the back of his raised Jeep Grand Cherokee that's hand-painted a weird shade of green, not even army green, and a white. So it's like a panel of green and a panel of white. It just looks weird as heck to me, but I see him ripping around my area. He looks close by to me, I guess, or not far from me, because he's traveling the same path I'm traveling. He leaves on the same time I leave every day. But, you know, he's doing what makes him happy. And he's driving a car that, by all accounts to me, just looks like, I mean, it, it's a fugazi at this point, folks. That thing's a troll, but he's doing what he wants to do. And so, you know, you can do what you want to do and then talk about it. And if you got a singing career, chronically, I was watching, I think, like, Chicago Fire or something. One of these shows. I don't know. Stage, something I watched my wife. One, I don't know. We watch, like, three or four of these shows right now. Right? But one of the girls, she's, you know, she's in a cave with her videographer. It's being her boyfriend. She doesn't want to tell her that because her podcast or her, her show is about her living her dream being a single woman that has freedom or something. But she falls in a hole in the cave, and she's still trying to film it. Once they wake her up, because the firemen go in the cave and find her. And then she's like, oh... They're pulling me up. Everybody look. And she almost gets falls and cracks her coconut because she's trying to talk. And they're like, stop touching stuff. And then when they're taking her out, her boyfriend's like, I'm done with you. He's like, you don't care about me. You don't want to be with me now if they care. So he's like, we're breaking up. And they're wheeling her into the ambulance and she's still filming. Now, her, I think, is more of an obsession. But you can video blog or audio blog or write a blog, you know, a vlog, a TikTok, whatever you want. I, I would say I'll stay off TikTok right now. And by the way, that TikTok ban, folks, you need to read into it. Look at the powers that they would receive if they had that. It's not a conspiracy, folks. When you start reading the bills, you can't trust a lot of these people in power, man. You can't. But if you've got some money and some power, you can start having influence, start changing things. Now, there are going to be some of you on my list who are pessimists, and you're like, nothing changes, Tony. You're wrong. Everything stays the same. I don't have any real power. Well, that's you, then. I saw when uh, COVID hit, and they were shutting down all over the place. Everybody like, yeah, you can't open your gym Bezos clearly, and he's like, we have a plan. He was actually on, I think, on Fox and maybe CNBC, but there's an eight-figure earning. He made more money in COVID, you know? Like, hey, my $50,000 course is now $5,000. The first 10 people, that's it, 10 of you, sold out immediately, stuff like that. Craig Balance, these guys made more money because they created opportunities. Um, Bezos, I think he said when he was, like, 17 or 18, he was like, man, I want to get this chick, but I'm just, like, the fat guy in school. And the guy was like, yo, here's a workout book. Do this. Boom. He never even asked to go to the prom, but he lost all the weight. Then he became a fitness coach. Then he became a trainer. Blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, he creates Fit Body Boot Camp. It's either in the top 500 or the top 5,000 in Inc.com's fastest growing businesses. It's a franchise for like $37,000 to get in. And it, he's making money, residual income. And other people are running the gym. So you too can do something like that. It is possible. He's doing something that he grew up, you know, first I got in shape to, you know, look better so I could have confidence to get the girl. Then it was my job, then it was my business, now it's my empire. He even sells supplements now. And for those of you who aren't in the know, the supplement game is very, very hard to make money. And now you can get your private party, private party, how do you say this? Uh, third party private label. They'll put your name and brand on it, but you know, the price point comes to the fact of the quality. If you've ever seen bigger, stronger, fast, they talk about pixie dusting. What'll happen is 
you'll buy a supplement and it'll have uh, rice flour in it and a, and a sprinkle of the proprietary. It's a proprietary ingredient. So I'm going to tell you, but you're going to have like 60% rice flour, 40% um, whey protein. And you're thinking you're getting 100%. I think it was Muscle Farm was sued and they lost. They had to sell for like $22 million because what they did was they were, um, I forgot the word for it. Basically, they were adding more taurine and these branched-chain amino acids. What it does is it, gives you a, it spikes the protein levels. So you think you're getting 30 grams of serving, you're actually getting like 12. But the test they run, it makes it look like it. And it's... It's almost an industry-wide practice, folks. So you can get screwed over. So I realized, you know, I was seeing protein powder in my coffee, and I stopped because I think it was messing up my stomach. I wasn't sure. It's probably a combination of the stress I was feeling at that point in my life and doing that. But I was having protein powder in my coffee for like 9, 10 years straight, folks. Maybe even 12. Because it just made sense. Like, why have a protein shake for breakfast? Or if I know i got to be, you know, possibly bring up fights in the morning, I can have my coffee, coffee with me. And if they call me like, on the walkie, I can just leave the cup in, you know, a safe place. Of course, I don't want to be my food really tainted, but I would have options. And at least that way, I know it's getting like 25, 30 grams of protein. And for the most part, it works, but a stack of hamburgers works better, folks. It really just does. But you got to do something you like. I'm going to come back when I finish this in one second, because I'm about to get home and I want to pause this for a second. And like I said, it's my car cast. I'm going to stop you and come back right through. But you got me. All right, folks, we were talking about doing what you love, right? You, you have to, folks. It's, <laughs> it's just not going to work. It's either, like I said, there's two ways to tackle this. It's either you're going to work a job either a hater that you moderately can stand and then invest in your dream on the side or just, you know, if you like to paint, maybe you paint and you sell it in you know, local art galleries. You'll feel good about that. But I guarantee you, if you hate your job or you're just unsatisfied, it's because you're not doing something that fulfills you. Fulfillment in your work, think about this way, there's 24 hours in a day, right? You're going to work for eight hours most of us, right? Maybe you have a half hour lunch, maybe you don't. Maybe you work a nine hour. I work a nine hour day because I take an hour lunch in the middle. So that's 45 hours a week plus travel, which is about another two and a half. So I'm, 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 I'm about 48 hours a week <clears throat> just dealing with making money. I've still got to sleep, eat, spend time with my kids, and build my business. Now, assuming you don't need eight hours, you're still need six. I got nine hours at work, let's say nine and a half, and I got six hours of sleep, which I'm really trying to get to eight. But let's say, so right there, I'm on, what, 15 and a half out of my day? Now, that still is a lot of time, but I have to manage my time, right? Now, you still have to manage your time and do something you love, but how much easier would it be to manage your time doing something and, and do something you love? See, growing up, I was told you got to go to college. You got to get a good job. And I don't think my parents were being malicious. Not, not at all. They were doing what they were taught. And, you know, it's, it's my father went to a vocational high school. He learned a trade. He learned a craft. He had a skill as soon as he graduated high school. And he was able to go right to work. You know, my mother went to, I think, maybe a year of college. But back then, that was a good thing. You know, you didn't have to go to college before. Also, the nuclear family could function on one salary. That's just about impossible. I've made it work for a few years, but it's very hard right now with inflation, folks. You know, it's, you used to be able to have a house, a car, two kids, a dog, wife stayed home, and you only had one job. And you worked for 30 years, you got a reti- you got a pension, a retirement pension, not something that you have to add into it. You know, your boss funded it, and if you were a pretty decent job, you got your gold watch, right? The old school store. You know, you got to... Something, for, you know, for all your time spent, here's a Rolex or blah, blah, blah. Here's your gold watch. Now you're paying into your 401k if they have one. They may match, they may not. You know, it's, it's I forgot the word for it. Basically, it's, it went from they contributed to you contribute. And if you're lucky, they contribute on the side. So, you, you know, it's, it's not what it was. The world has changed dramatically. And it's going to change even more, folks. People are calling about the fourth revolution. And you'll hear uh, Klaus Schwab, always people talking about and then, and the fourth industrial revolution, blah, 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 and the other. And... Yeah, things are going to change, folks. You know, it's chat IP. If you work in a call center, your job might be gone inside of five years. You only need but so many people. 
I mean, they're already outsourcing jobs to other countries where they can pay someone $2 equivalent to do the same job you do for 20 Think about that. My father's a Jew, and his boss even shut down the ship because they were immigrants. Shut down the ship. Shut down his shop because there were people coming in from other countries. They were doing the same job for like $3 an hour instead of like 20 let's say. $3. Think about that. 3 times 7 is 21 That's seven dudes working for the price of one dude. Even if their skill set is 80% equivalent to the guy who's at 100%, you still got seven dudes producing. Heck, you only have five guys on a basketball team that are on the court at any one time. Think about that. I can now pay seven employees, seven of you, for the same price I was paying one of you. And right now I got, let's say, five of you. So I'm paying $21 versus $100 an hour. Think about that. Eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year. And then you're not paying benefits. You're not paying a, a workers' comp. You're not paying all these extra costs and insurance and having to register stuff and document and follow federal laws. And if someone gets hurt, that's not your worry. It's the guy you're paying across the country, across the globe. But if you're doing something you love, folks, you will have job security. Now, you'll probably be broke for the start of it. <laughs> you'll probably be broke. I haven't made that much money writing, folks. I'll be honest. But between the writing and the podcasting, folks, I am immensely fulfilled comparative to my day job. And there's nothing wrong with my job. I actually like where I work, the location, the people, everything. I even like the product. But if I could make seven figures off writing, heck, if I can make six figures, I don't need to do Daniel Steele. My sister works for the publishing firm, true story. They handled Daniel Steele, Michael Crichton, people like that. Daniel Steele, I think, got like a, I think it was either 20 million. I think it was 50 million up front for 20 books. And she was going to percentage off the back end sales. That's how popular she was. Like, that's how much her contract was worth. Can you imagine that? We want 20 books, $50 million. I mean, 20, oh, $50 million for 20, 20 books. That's crazy, folks. That is crazy. Think about how much each one of those is worth. Think about that. Each book is worth $2 million. $2 million and change for one book. One book. Heck, she can get a ghostwriter to help her write the books... And just put a name on it, like Michael Crichton and um, James Patterson do now. Even Stephen King, they're not necessarily ghostwriting, they're writing books with people. It's still bringing money. Think about if you started your writing career, and in 10 years you take off. Assuming you're 30, that means you're 40. Now you have money, and people with money tend to live longer, right? Better food, better quality of life, better doctors, so now you can live to 100. Now you've got at least 40 years of epic living, and another 20 years after that, at minimum... You got to get to the point, folks, where you and you raise your kids to do the same thing. We have to have a dynamic shift, a paradigm shift. It can't just be about business no more. It can't just be about the money. Now, I want the money. I'm not going to lie. I want the money because I want the Porsche. I want the Rolex. I want the house with the big bedrooms and the extra bathrooms. I'm not thinking crazy, but something I can maintain modestly. And if I'm rich, I'll probably have some assistance. But if I'm not rich, but I'm well-to-do, I can clean myself. But I want to have a gym in my house. I want to have a garage. I want to have two or three cars. And if you buy the cars right, they're great investments. You're not even wasting money. I mean, I, I could pull a not a vanilla ice, what's this guy's name, uh, MC Hammer, and buy a bunch of cars that made no sense and go bankrupt two or three times and buy horses and stuff, but he didn't listen to good people. I'm hoping you're listening to me and smarter people than me and reading books like I, I challenge you all the time because there's no reason, folks, that you can't apply your mind and make money doing something you love. So my challenge to you all out there is do what you love. 
If not, if let's say you love going on cruises, let's say you love cooking. My aunt takes pictures of her favorite meal she cooks. And she wants to put you in the cookbook. I was like, do it. Go for it. You're already taking the pictures. You're already cooking the food. What are you stand to lose? Nothing. The whole world's at your fingertips, folks. It's literally at your fingertips. The question is, what are you going to do to get it? And a lot of people are going to say, oh, you can't make money doing the thing I love. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. I want you to look at the bodybuilding the guy. Of course. I'm going to say his name this time. I've talked about him before, but he started making videos on YouTube bodybuilding. He's made videos now making fun of himself. Music videos. Making fun of himself. He has videos now where people watch him play video games like on Twitch or something like that. And people are watching videos of him playing video games that other people are watching. They're not even watching the screen. They're watching him in his living room. The camera behind him in his living room playing. And he gets paid for this, yo. He took something he was good at. Now, the guy I'm talking about, you know, it's... I don't have proof, but I'm based on the size and the sheer volume and the way he put it on, I'm pretty sure he was juicing. And that's what I'm not names because I'm not trying to get hit with no lawsuits either. But, I mean, at this point, I was watching um, Dorian Yates' documentary on Amazon Prime. You should see that, folks. It's fantastic. I mean, the man's life is totally different now than it was before. And you don't see that a lot of bodybuilders. They stay on the same path for the most part, but inspiring. I mean, this guy just, you know, it didn't matter about the genetics. He just outworked everybody. And, you know, it's... it's if he was going to take juice, he studied books. What's the least amount I can take or the maximum amount I can take to get this or that without the side effects? You know, what kind of foods do I eat? Is it better to eat this kind of, you know, the starch from a purple potato versus a regular potato at this time of day? What does that mean different for me? He literally, and it's, it's I think he said his every workout written down from like 83 to like 97 or something. Every single workout is there. Because every day he's like, okay, I came in, this is what I looked at, this is what I had. This is what I did before, this is what I got to do today. I did this last week, I have to do more. I mean, he was, uh, he introduced the two things to the body, but he was the first of the mass monsters. No one was really calling people that. I mean, he came in, he was just a monster. I mean, he came in second to Lee Haney, who run Mr. Olympia eight times. The next year, he came in a little smaller, but still better. And I think that year and the year after, I think it was him and it was Sean Ray. I forgot one of the guys' names. And they, everyone thought that guy was going to win, but he wasn't, you know, as gifted. I forgot it was either Sean Ray or Kevin Rowan. I think Kevin Rowan, he whooped him. And I think Sean Ray, I think, Sean Ray had the, he just had the genetics for it, man, but it was good, and I think there was one year he was, he was, he was, uh, dang, what's the guy's name, Usani, I forgot, there was one guy, one year, they thought this guy was going to win, but when he turned around, his back just wasn't there, he was all front muscle, like the front of him, perfect, but Dorian hits that side pose, right, he hit that side pose, and then after he hit the side pose, he put that back, and it was just, there was no question, there was no more question as to who the victor was, it was obvious, because he was doing something that at that time, he loved and he put his all into. So maybe you don't have something you love, but are you going to put your all into your job? Because if you're not, then you need to do something you love. Now, if you can put your all into work, be productive, have some money, go home and live your life, that's fine. But I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this podcast, that's not what your your focus is on. Now, I was telling my agents, you got to go for three no's. Because the average person tells you no just out of nowhere, right? And I told a story later this week in the podcast. My son asked me to go to the store and buy Hot Wheels. I said, no. Actually, he wanted a Dom car, like those 264 scale that's like the size of your phone. And I was like, no. And then he's like, but I won the contest and I did this and that. I've been a really good boy this week. I was like, no. He's like, I was going to spend my own money. And I was like, no, wait, you want to spend your money? And I turned around and I was like, he won the contest. Yeah, he read the most. He had this thing. And look what he got. And I was like, let's go. And I bought him and his brother a gift. They both got something. Because it has to be fair, right? And the little one doesn't understand the difference. So right now, I was like, you know, what's the point of having money if I can't make my kids happy? It's, you know, it's, it's pointless. I can't be about my job. I can't be about my business. I have to be about my kids. 
because the time I spend with him now, I I moved my son was six weeks old. He'll be seven this year, folks. It's life is fast, and that's why I'm saying you got to do something you love. It's it's. I honestly, I, I've talked before. I talk too much, right? So obviously, I love to talk and I love to write. They're two things I do all the time. So I'm either running my yap on paper or in person. So I might as well make money off of it. And I love the idea of being my own boss. I remember, like I said, I've talked about before my father was home. One time, you know, he had to lance. Um, I guess he peeled the skin off in the corner of his stomach, like when you get nervous, you bite the skin or it peels off or whatever. And I was like, man, he's just staying home because he feels like it. That's cool. I got to go to school no matter what. Now, as a grown up now, looking back, I realized he had no health care and he had to just take care of it the getaway, you know, just, you know, get hood with it and take care of it himself so he could get rid of the infection. But I always remember that when I was little, he took me to kindergarten every day. And I remember we would race, and he would let me win. I thought I was actually faster than him. <laughs> At five years old, I was like, wow, I'm faster than my dad. I'm awesome. You know, you don't know better as a kid, but, you know, it's... You got to throw your kids a bone. Let me throw that in there, too, a little tangent. Let them win sometimes. You know, let them... They set up a trap for you, fall into it. You know, don't break your leg. But it, say they block the door with cups or something like that, or they're trying to trick you, let them win. You can't always be better than them. Or sometimes you just... Let them have fun. Enjoy your life. And you know what? This is the thing, too, is that if you're enjoying your life and your kids see you pursuing something you love, they'll know they don't have to be drones either. And really, folks, do you, do you want to go to a job stamping widgets all day? Think about all those guys who worked in coal mines 40, 50, 60 hours a week. The guys who were driving buses. Who, I've met one or two people who like driving for a living. There's a guy in New York in a yellow cab and he got a Mercedes. I was like, what did you get a Mercedes for? He's like, I like driving. And if I'm going to drive all day on top of it, he's like, I'm going to drive something A that I like and B that the pe- people don't like. And that dude could turn on the corner, people see that buggy-eyed Benz and, and the yellow cab in New York that's popular. They were like, oh, dope. That's so dope. I think I talked about it before, too. The part with this was that I, I called the cab company. It was first class back then. I forgot what it was in my boy's neighborhood, leaving his house to go see this chick. He's like, yo, hold up. I'm going to call Poppy. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm going to call Poppy. Yo, hold up. Yo, 007's going to come pick you up. You're going to impress you. So instead of going like a Lincoln or like a four-door Caprice or something like that, or a town car, Continental, whatever it was, I pull up in a black 600, old school, mint, beautiful, like the big, uh, Jersey called the Kansas chicken, Kansas City chicken snack box. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of square, but it was a big boy car. The drug dealers had it. The rich people had it. it. even had a phone in the back, back when physical cell phones in your pocket were, were just kind of coming out. They were small and green screen. But this was a phone, like a full-size like house phone, kind of like it was. It was big boy, and I think I've said it before, but you know, I pull up, sure it was in there, <laughs> shake him down for like ten minutes. <laughs> but the cool part was the cab cost him the same exact price. But that cab driver, he always had a line of customers. Everybody would call for him because he had the dope ride. He wasn't even using the company's ride; he was using his ride and making a fortune. Not to mention everybody's tipping you cash, bro. Now, I hope he reported it. If he didn't, he doubled it. If he did report it, you never know. But, like I said, folks, life is life. But I'm going to challenge you all. Find something you love and find a way to make money off of it. Don't just grind for the boss 24-7 because your job can disappear. Your boss can replace you. But your dream, man, ain't nothing like chasing a dream. Right now, folks, I'm I'm doing my third podcast this week. I might even put out one more tomorrow. Like I said, I'm trying to double down my efforts because... I want to be a little Joe Rogan, you know. I don't. I don't need a hundred million dollar deal and all the, the restrictions that come with it. I don't need to be labeled or harassed all the time. But if I can get to six figures on my own time frame, where I get up when I want to get up, that sounds awesome. There's a guy who has, I think, he works four hours a week. He's dating out every week. Him and his wife go to counseling once a week. They pick up and drop off their kids together, unless there's like an appointment every day. And he don't have that many clients. Maybe twenty. 
maybe another 30 or 40 that you know subscribe and he has to send them out some data but most of that he can you know he farms out he's not even paying he's not even doing the work himself think about that imagine you only worked four to six hours a week and you spend all your time with your wife and your kids who are the cornerstone of your life they're the people you want to spend your time with think about how that good that would feel think about how you feel spending all the time doing things you love spending your time with the people you love making money off things you love and making your own schedules think about that like how many times do you think about it your whole life it's get up go to school eat lunch in that tray that looks just like the jail tray think about it our schools are practical indoctrination camps what if you give your kids a better school like heck what if you could homeschool them? what if you could just you know what if you could change the school system because you have money money is power in a lot of ways folks but freedom that's a whole other that's a whole other ballpark how are you folks? Tony at changingadvance.com. The blog is always at changingadvance.com. Twitter and YouTube is changingadvance. YouTube, like I said, I have, I'm approaching 300 videos. I have, I think, eight I haven't posted, maybe nine now. I just, I come home and I'm tired. I want to spend time with my wife, my kids, and then, you know, I, I've been writing a lot this week. It's, it's different. But you can find me on Instagram as well if you like. Pedagogy of the Fresh, Pedagogy of the Oppressed is the book. I flipped the concept. It's funny. It's one guy on Instagram is like, your title's... Horrible, that book was an oppressor. I'm like, it's just a play on words, bro. I'm trying to be slick with it. I am shadowbound on that account as well as on EDC Orlando EDC. You can follow both of them, though. Uh, peace.